Hi, this is Legend. I'm Sam. I'm Amy. And we are a podcast about cryptids, urban legends, and the paranormal. Yeah. We had a little bit of a mishap before we were recording. Yeah, your internet went out the butthole. Yep, right when we were about to record. Yeah, so now we're an hour late and extra tired and we're going to be super boring and it's just going to be terrible. Well, I hope not, but it, <laughs> we probably are going to cruise. <laughs> so to pep us up, let's play a new game. Ooh, I'm down. Okay, so this is called Common Quality. Super boring name. So I'm going to say something and a characteristic about the something. And then you have to say something with the same characteristic, but add another characteristic. Because something else, right? Okay. The moon is bright. The light bulb is bright, but also staticky? Glass. <laughs> <laughs> okay. A picture frame is glass, but also wood? A tree is wood, but also green. Crayons are green, but also waxy. Candles are waxy, but also smell good. My soap smells good and is also made by someone local to you. (laughs) (laughs) My unpaper towels are made locally and they're fabric. (laughs) My blanket is fabric, (laughs) but it's also soft. My cat is soft, but also hairy. My cat is also hairy (laughs) and soft. That's cheating. Same same type of thing. My dog is hairy and also soft. (laughs) Wait, you can't say soft again. We already had soft. Oh, wait. My dog is hairy and also loud. Very loud. My phone ringing noise. What are those called? Tone? Text tone? Ringtone? Ringtone. Notification? My phone's ringtone is also loud and scares people. Well, it sounds like a fart, so... No, that's my text. Oh, what's your ringtone? And it says 80s phone, and I have it cranked as loud as it goes. (laughs) It just says 80s phone? Yeah. And it what? scares the shit out of everybody because it's so loud. Okay. My text tone is loud. It sounds like a angry cat. Yeah. But you're you telling tell. me something scary. Uh, Our podcast is scary? I don't think it's scary. <laughs> All right. Well, scare me. All righty. This is one that's not very scary, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> then you, you lose by default. Damn it. <laughs> so for this episode, it I don't know if we should just call it Men in Black or if it should be Men in Black slash the Maury Island incident. Either way, you can decide. What happened on Maury Island? We'll talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> so have you ever heard of Maury Island? I'm assuming not. I have not. Have I ever heard of Men in Black? Yes. Uh, yes. I was going to say, what is the first thing that comes to your mind when I say men in black? 
Will Smith. Will Smith. I knew it. <laughs> and then a pug. Yeah. Which Actually, wasn't even in the same. first one. He wasn't, was he? No, he was, was in the he? second. He was in the second one. And then he yeah. was in the third one as like the partner for a second. And then he helped do things. Oh, fun. Yeah. Well, alrighty. On this episode, I wanted to talk about the history of the legend of the men in black. Cool. Because even though it's a popular movie, there is actually a little something behind it. Which, by the way, did you know that when you were a kid and you were watching Men in Black that it was based on, like, an actual thing? When I was a kid and I watched movies, I thought they were all based off of real things. Oh, I did not think it was, like, a real thing. (laughs) I mean, now as an adult, I've heard about Men in Black and I know it is. But back when I was a kid and watching, I had no idea. I had actually not heard about the supposed real men in black until like the last couple of years. Gotcha. But I still watch the movies religiously. I love the first one. I know I've seen the second one and I've seen the third one actually too. But the first one, I love, love, love. You know, there's love. a fourth one. Wait, there's it, a fourth? Yeah, it doesn't have Will Smith or Tommy Lee Jones in it. Oh, well, then I wouldn't watch it. <laughs> but, <laughs> I have right. not seen it either. So I did not know there was a fourth one, though. Mm-hmm. So before we get into the Men in Black in particular, we need to start with the Maury Island incident. And you haven't heard of it, so this will be fun. Yeah. The backbone of the story I found from a website called historylink.com. In an article titled, Dahl and Chrisman Report a June 21st, 1947 Explosion of a Flying Saucer over Maury Island on or after June 26th, 1947. And it was written by Walt Crowley. Not Walter Crowley? Nope, Walt Crowley. I wonder why they shortened it. I don't know, because he's fancy. Well, because he certainly did not shorten the title of the article. The title does not leave anything up for interpretation. You know, some of those are fun because then you don't have to read the article. You're just like, oh, okay, that happened next. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I am mentioning this particular source because it's strictly stated in their copyright stuff that you had to mention the website, the article, and the writer if I wanted to use it as a source. So I am mentioning it. Okay. So here you go, fancy pants. <laughs> um, but I also use quite a few other sources, and all of them will be listed in our sources. Anyway, our story starts sometime after, and remember this because it's important later, June 26, 1947, when Harold Dahl and Fred Christman made an incredible report of an explosion that took place on June 21st off the coast of Maury Island. If you're not familiar with Maury Island, I was not. Maury Island is a part of the Puget Sound in the state of Washington. Oh, not too far from me. Nope. Harold reported that while he was on his boat, named the North Queen, with his son Charles and their dog Sparky, he witnessed six, 
Although in some sources I found nine, but in most it said six. So I'm assuming six. Donut-shaped flying objects in the sky above them. Before that, they had stopped to pick up two crewmen on the docks in Tacoma. So that is a total of four people and a dog on this boat, just to paint a clear picture. Yes. Then they all headed out towards Maury Island. He said that one appeared to be in distress as it was flying lower than the others. The failing spacecraft started to spew hot chunks of debris onto his boat. Ooh. I saw in quite a few sources it was described to be similar to lava. The debris ended up striking his dog and killing it. That's awful. While some hit Charles, his son, and left burns. Yeah. The falling in. <laughs> he survived, so. Yeah, he's fine. The dog's the sad part. Yeah. The falling debris also damaged Harold's boat. Everyone was terrified, so they docked the boat at the closest land they could get to and hid from the falling debris under a cliff. Harold reported that as the spaceship was struggling, another spaceship came down and touched it, and then the struggling spaceship stopped dropping the molten debris, regained stability, and they all rose off into the sky and took off at a high rate of speed. Oh, what a happy ending. I know. What kind of superpowers is that, though? I'm just going to touch you and you'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> so after this insane encounter, he went back to Tacoma and reported the events to his employer, Fred Chrisman. Fred said that he went out there the next morning and saw another UFO in the same area. He also said that he gathered some of the debris that he thinks could have fallen from the UFO. He doesn't know for certain if it was, but he yeah. thinks it could be debris from it that Harold had seen. And like I said at the beginning of the story, after this, Fred and Harold together made a report about the strange phenomenon sometime after June 26th. Again, remember that the report came out after June 26th, even though it occurred on the 21st. Okay. According to the Vashon Beachcomber article, a newspaper reporter heard about the story and went to Harold's house to get some information on it when he overheard Harold and his wife having a very heated argument where his wife was telling him to say that the whole story was fake. Ooh. The reporter thought the story probably was fake after this and warned all the other newspapers that the whole thing was most likely a hoax. Even mm-hmm. so, the story spread like wildfire. See, it sounds more like to me that if you walked up on them having that article, having <laughs> that argument, then that would mean that they, she was trying to tell him it was, tell him to tell them that it was fake to get the attention off of them. Mm, I think I would have to agree with you, actually. Yeah. So, or it could be staged and they could have known that they were, that the reporter was walking up to the door and she just starts yelling, tell them it's fake. It's not real. It didn't happen. No. So that the reporter's like, oh, so there might be something here. But that reporter just went the whole opposite direction. No, he was like, I'm not falling for this shit. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> um, but I do agree, actually. So the first time I read it, I was like, 
Oh, yeah, totally fake. And then now that you say it out loud like that, I definitely agree. That's what I think, at least. (laughs) I'm with you. It's said that after this is when Harold was visited by a mysterious man dressed all in black, driving a brand new black Buick. The man refused to tell Harold who he was or who he worked for, but he basically threatened him and said that he should not tell anyone at all about what he witnessed at Maury Island. He said he knew what Harold had experienced and that if he told anyone about it, uh, bad things would happen to him. Hmm. Is this in- Indrid Cold? Did he come over to Washington? That's so weird that you say that because I'm not kidding. That was one of my thoughts of- I was like, Indrid Cold. <laughs> but Indrid Cold was nice and didn't well, seem very threatening. Maybe he just got sick of people not necessarily listening to him and, you know, was a little meaner. True. Yeah. I guess that, you're, that could be true. Mm-hmm. So this report of a man in black is the first modern day reference to a man in black or the men in black. So he could have been the man in red the next day or something could be yeah or if he would have shown up that day in red he they would have been known as the men in red (laughs) yeah Yeah. throughout history men in black have been claimed to be some form of government or quasi-government agents who threaten and harass or even sometimes assassinate ufo witnesses to keep them from telling anyone about what they have seen that's a little darker than you know, regular men in black. Definitely. That's, that's actually in my notes. I was like, not like the movie men in black people <laughs> with their flashy devices. Yeah, we prefer the flashy devices. Yep. They are described as being expressionless or emotionless and cold. They're also not always human, as we will talk about later. Sometimes they refer to each other as numbers instead of by names. Although they mostly are talked about in relation to UFO stories, they're not always just keeping people from talking about UFOs. They can also be described as mysterious men who work for unknown organizations or secret branches of the government that track strange occurrences or work to keep the organization or government secrets. Mm -hmm. Right before this incident with uh, Harold and Fred, another man named Kenneth Arnold who was an American aviator, had reported his UFO sightings on June 24th, 1947, which made national headlines on June 26th. This is why I keep telling you to remember when Harold and Fred's accounts were reported. This fact is talked about a lot when debunking Harold and Fred's claim. Mm -hmm. Kenneth claimed to have seen nine UFOs near Mount Rainier, Traveling information at over 1,200 miles per hour. That's fast. Yeah. After Kenneth's story, sightings of UFOs started coming out left and right to the point where the summer of 1947 became known as the Summer of the Saucers. (laughs) That was in quotes, by the way. So that's a legit thing. (laughs) That is so fancy. The summer of 1947 also included the Roswell incident where a spaceship that had crashed to Earth was supposedly covered up by the government. 
which is definitely another story we will be covering in the future. We're going to talk about Roslo? Yep. Wow. Yeah? I didn't expect that. Really? No, I did. (laughs) Oh, I was like, I think you're on the wrong podcast. (laughs) I don't think you know what this podcast is about. Roswell's totally Um, normal, though. It's not weird at all. No? No. Not at all? Mm -hmm. Not even slightly. No. Secret government bases, that's every single day. Secret government bases with aliens, that's like Tuesdays. (laughs) Whoever covers that, though. Whichever one of us covers that has to cover the freaking Naratu fucking run to that they were trying to do recently. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. Yep. Someone has to put it in there because that shit cracked me up. I wish it would have really happened. Me too. I was so <laughs> hoping it would. <laughs> okay. So as you can imagine... At the time, J. Edgar Hoover, the director of the FBI, was competing with the Army over jurisdiction to investigate the UFO sightings because they were actually wanting to know if all these sightings were the Soviets flying over the country and not actually UFOs, which I thought was really interesting, but also I thought it made a lot of sense since at the time the Cold War was beginning. Mm -hmm. Americans were worried that Russia may have also developed an atomic bomb or other advanced weapons by the German scientists that they had captured. Hoover eventually stopped looking into the Maury Island incident, though, because the FBI was becoming known for investigating baloney incidences, and he didn't (laughs) want the FBI to get a bad rap, essentially. Uh, That's because they were his babies. Yep. However, even after this, he was still very interested in UFOs, and he was kept informed about any UFO sightings. Another interesting fact is that the Air Force was a newly added addition to the military in 1947, and they took a big interest in all the UFO reports as well. According to an article posted on the VashonBeachcomber.com thing I talked about earlier... (laughs) Quote, that effort was pursued by a series of top secret projects. Project Sign in 1947, Project Grudge in 1948, and in 1952, Project Blue Book, which lasted until 1968 and investigated almost 20,000 incidents of UFO sightings and alien encounters. End quote. I feel like Blue Book is... The most referenced one ever. Yes. And like I said, we'll be uh, doing that episode too. Mm-hmm. I haven't even looked into that because I am I had it on my list, but I'm not even sure where to start with that. <laughs> that is a big one. Yep. Anyway, on July 31st, 1947... Kenneth Palmer and the U.S. Army and Air Force met up at the Winthrop Hotel in Tacoma to consider investigating the Maury Island incident. In attendance was Kenneth Palmer, E.J. Smith, who was a United Airlines pilot who had claimed to see a UFO near Boise, Idaho on July 4th, and two Army Air Force investigating officers, Lieutenant Frank Brown and Captain William L. Davidson. And their army slash air force because this year in 1947, 
at the beginning of the year they were still under one thing mm-hmm. and then in september of that year is when the air force and the army actually branched off into like different departments wonder why they decided to do that well the air force wasn't even a thing until this year yeah 1947 because it was all just under the army but why did they split well i think because they specialize in aircrafts well true but why can't it all be the army just separate divisions of the army like the navy should be in the army well they're all the military (laughs) <laughs> and then there's separate divisions of the military so what's the army they're just boring people ground like, forces ah boring no boats no or comments. planes for them no no <laughs> i don't know i think they're just the the actual fighters mm. well and then the marines marines are scary right yeah they're the the door knocking kick down punch you in your face ones <laughs> punch you in your face ones well no matter which division you're in thank you for your service <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh so at the meeting harold and fred told their stories about what had happened to them near maury island they also gave lieutenant frank brown and captain william davidson a box of evidence Ooh. which was debris from the falling spaceship that fred had claimed to have picked up at the same time they also said that If it would make things easier, they would just say everything was a hoax because they were tired of all the grief they were receiving over it. No, They actually signed a statement for the Air Force investigator saying that the debris from the spaceship was not from the UFO, even though privately they maintained that it was all true. Did they have the dog in the box of evidence? Because I feel like that would be some strong evidence. No, the dog's never mentioned again. Upon further inspection of the box, the debris that Fred gave the investigators seemed to be white metal and was inconsistent with Harold's description of the UFO. Just something to note. Interesting. The two officers took the box of evidence that had been given to them for examination But tragically, both men died when the B-25 airplane they were aboard crashed on August 1st, 1947, on their way from Tacoma to San Francisco. Aliens. It was reported in the the Tacoma Times that the plane might have been sabotaged or shot down to prevent inspection of its secretive cargo. Yep, by aliens. (laughs) An Air Force officer named Edward J. Ruppelt, wrote, quote, The majority of the writers of saucer lore have played this sighting to the hilt, pointing out as their main premise the fact that the story must be true because the government never openly exposed or prosecuted either of the two hoaxers. This is a logical premise, but a false one. The reason for the thorough investigation of the Maury Island hoax was that the government had thought seriously of prosecuting them. At the last minute, it was decided, after talking to the two men, that the hoax was a harmless joke that had mushroomed, and that the loss of two lives and a B-52 could not be directly blamed on the two men. End quote. Well, I mean, yeah, it can't be directly blamed on them. But, uh, I mean, 
Mm-hmm. If someone was going to go after somebody for putting a panther in a tree. <laughs> True. <laughs> so here's a few other things to note that points to it's a hoax. Harold and Fred's report came out after Kenneth Arnold's report. And after Kenneth's report came out, there was a flurry of other UFO reports. So they could have possibly just been doing it for attention. Yeah. The U.S. Army and survivors of the B-52 plane crash confirmed that the plane was the plane crash was caused by an engine fire and not by any mysterious means. I also found some sources that said that the evidence in the box was just pumice stone from the beach. And of course, if Joe Nickel has anything to say about anything, I have to include it. Joe Nickel said (laughs) that Raymond A. Palmer hired a credulous Kenneth Arnold to investigate, in his words, what is now known as the Maury Island hoax. So... You can believe what you would like about the Maury Island incident. It is, however, kind of the catalyst for the Men in Black sightings. Now I'm going to talk about several encounters over the years that include Men in Black. They are not in any chronological order. How dare you? I'm sorry. I was way too lazy. (laughs) (laughs) The first one we're going to talk about is a very famous person's encounter with them. Oh, yeah? Malone? Post Malone? No! (laughs) I wish. I wish I could have found one. So, do you know who Dan Aykroyd is? Yeah. Okay, yeah. That guy. (laughs) Um, Apparently, he is a staunch believer in aliens and UFOs and is a massive supporter of MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network. He even did a documentary in 2005 titled Dan Aykroyd Unplugged on UFOs. <laughs> he also does his very own research into UFOs and aliens. In 2002, he created his own series called Out There for the Sci-Fi Channel. And that was about aliens and UFOs. And speaking of that, after a day of filming and doing interviews for the show... Dan stepped outside to have a cigarette and took a phone call from Britney Spears. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently, they were doing an SNL episode together and she wanted to talk to him about it. But while he was on the phone with her, he said that he turned and looked out onto 42nd Street in New York and noticed a long black SUV with a tall man dressed in black that was giving him a very dirty look. (laughs) Dan said he turned away. And then turned back around, and in just a few seconds, the car and the man had vanished. He swears that there is no way that that car could have disappeared in that amount of time, and there was no turns for it to take. Only a few hours later, he found out that his show was canceled, and he was never given a reason why. Because the men in black don't want it. Yep, they were like, stop investigating us. I bet he, like, crapped himself over the... uh... UFO reports and everything that were just released in the past oh, couple I'm sure. years. I'm sure. <laughs> so there's another story about Obama. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The story goes that Obama was consorting with men in black and had a few on his staff. 
Although these men in black are slightly different from what we talked about above, there is video evidence. Blip, there is video evidence. <laughs> big lots, tons, air quotes. <laughs> um, that one of these men in black is most likely an alien. Mm. I saw the video. It looks like he has no ears and he has a very, very pointed chin. And to me, it definitely looked like it was photoshopped. <laughs> but who knows? Yeah. Another story takes place in 1976 near the Old Orchard area in Maine. Dr. Herbert Hopkins, who was a UFO researcher, got a phone call from someone who claimed to be a representative from a New Jersey UFO organization. And he asked if Dr. Hopkins was alone and if he would share his research with him. And so Dr. Hopkins did. After getting off the phone with him, he noticed a man in a black suit that was bald, had no eyebrows, had very red lips, and pale white plastic looking skin at his door. <laughs> okay. The man took out a coin and told Dr. Hopkins to watch the coin. The coin turned from copper to silver and then from silver to blue. Then it was starting to become blurry and then it simply disappeared. After this, the man in black said to never tell anyone about his research. <laughs> what does the coin have to do with anything? I have no idea. But I saw this story was actually mentioned a little bit in quite a few sources. And they were saying that the coin makes it. How do I say this? The coin points to it not being human that the men that this man in black was an alien or okay something. i mean it, it just sounds like a magician rolled up and was like not... hey watch this yeah. coin and uh don't tell people what you're researching they'll think you're loony bye yeah goodbye <laughs> thanks for watching the show yep. apparently at a hotel near niagara falls they witnessed by the way i just went there guys no anyway you didn't just went there I went there a few months ago, <laughs> but so at a hotel in Niagara Falls, they witnessed a triangular flying saucer and they made a report about it. Immediately after two men in black suits came in and freaked the staff out because apparently they had identical matching faces then they had no eyelashes and no eyebrows and they were extremely pale. Okay. The two men were caught on the hotel surveillance cameras and I did see that also. It was grainy, so I couldn't tell if their faces were the same or if they had eyebrows. I'm not sure what to think about it, honestly. Doja Cat shaved her eyebrows and her head. Who? Doja Cat. At first, I thought you said my cat. And I was like, my cat doesn't have <laughs> eyebrows in the first place. <laughs> yeah, I saw that, though, about Wait, Doja Cat. I think Willow did, too. I can't remember if she has eyebrows or not. But she always has a shaved head anymore. But mm -hmm. it's just a trend, okay? It's not the men in black. No, and they didn't say anything like if the the men talked to them or anything. It just said that they came in. And there is footage of it, and it's in our sources. So you can be the judge. You know, these uh, bald, eyebrowless people. Did you ever watch Fringe? I can't remember. Yeah, I watch French. It reminds me of the observers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Don't you remember 
when I was pregnant with Jamie, I wanted to name Jamie September, but his due date was September, uh, so then I yeah, couldn't. Yeah, all September. Yeah, it, I thought it was so funny because I was watching Fringe while I was pregnant with him, and then <laughs> I was like, I want to name him September, and then they were like, yeah, your due date's in September. September's born so in September. Wow, how original. I know, so I was like, <laughs> god dang it. Okay, so our next story is there was a boy named Harry who was stargazing. Harry Houdini? I don't know, maybe. There's like no detailed information on the, for this story so harry could be anyone it's houdini i got it okay hot houdini <laughs> he was stargazing and he saw a metal triangular object floating in the sky he ran to tell his friend about it and after he got off the phone with his friend he heard a knock at the door when he opened the door there were three men dressed in black that told him to never speak about it oh They also indirectly threatened his family if he ever spoke about it. He ended up writing about it on the internet because apparently, technically, that's not speaking about it. He says that he believes he encountered the men in black. Okay. So, it's not Harry Houdini. It could be Harry Houdini Jr. 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 Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but not Harry Houdini. I guess that'd be like the third, fourth. (laughs) a man named gabe was working a shift in a fire watchtower in the woods and claimed to have seen a black suv pulling up they went into the woods and he heard a gunshot and then immediately after he saw a few men in black suits coming towards him and they knocked on his door and asked him if he heard anything To which he said he did not. (laughs) And they seemed satisfied and they left. He thinks he saw the men in black. But honestly, it sounds like he just witnessed a murder or some gang activity. Which apparently (laughs) he also initially thought. But for some reason ended up changing his mind and saying he thought it was the men in black. Because they're fancy suits and he wanted to be included. I guess, but I would have for sure called the police if I had been there. And there was no mention of that. He probably didn't. (laughs) Robert Richard in 1967 reported that he collided with a UFO while driving home at night in Toledo, Ohio. On impact, the UFO disappeared. (laughs) He decided to take some pieces of the UFO, though, that had fallen to the ground. A few weeks later, two men in black came to his door asking for the piece of the UFO that he had taken. He said he didn't have it because he had turned it over for testing. When the men in black heard this, they got extremely angry and they threatened him by saying, quote, if you want your wife to stay as pretty as she is, then you'd better get the medal back. Oh, snap. Richardson never heard from them again, and there was also no information on the testing. Hmm. Sounds more like he was drunk. (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) The metal he picked up was probably off of his own vehicle. (laughs) Yeah, he collided into a tree. (laughs) So this last story happened in New Jersey in 1968. Jack Robinson, who was a UFO researcher, and his wife Mary repeatedly saw a man in black that would stand across the street from their apartment. 
They also claimed that their apartment had been clearly rummaged through. They told their friend Timothy Green Beckley, and he decided to get a closer look and was actually able to take a picture of him. I found the picture, and it will definitely be posted on our website. Looks like a regular old man to me in a black suit. Just chilling. (laughs) Nice. Now, I actually did check for some personal stories for the men in black on Reddit. I didn't actually expect to find any. (laughs) I just thought that I would see a lot of posts about the movie, and I wasn't wrong. (laughs) But I was able to find a few personal stories. Sweet. I found a thread posted by user Dakana, and I'm sorry if I pronounced that wrong, but I think it's Dakana, and it was actually posted right before I researched this episode. Oh, it was meant to be... Yeah, just a few days before. They started a thread titled, quote, Anybody got experience with the men in black? Then underneath they said, The topic always interested me. I've seen several craft and never had one show up. Hmm, I hope they're not inviting them to come over mm-hmm. because they don't sound very friendly. They're fishing for him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, another user named Twilight Zone Survivor actually did have a story so i'm going to read it to you quote yes it was a few years after my worst encounters and it was scary i was at a family member's memorial and my cousins and myself all went to this huge lot across from the building next to the lot was this big empty house an extremely pale man with a bald head bright blue eyes pulled up in the driveway He was driving a shiny all-black car with black rims and tinted windows. When he pulled in the driveway, he immediately turned his car off, turned his head towards me, and glared at me with the most evil look on his face. He literally (laughs) did not blink once, and he spent at least 10 minutes just glaring at me with those creepy icy blue eyes. I was like, WTF? Why is nobody else saying anything about this, and why is this guy staring at me for? Finally, one of my other cousins was like, WTF, this dude staring at... (laughs) Sorry, (laughs) I'm just going to say it out loud. They say WTF a lot. So, what the fuck, this dude staring at, bro? (laughs) So, we sent my male cousin to go talk to him. My cousin went over there and talked to him for a minute. Then the guy just turned his car on and drove away. My cousin came back and didn't say anything about it. But I was like, what did he say? My cousin says that the pale man was like, I'm just here to observe. I'm not here to harm any of you. I will be gone shortly, etc. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> then, then they used this like scared, blushing, wide-eyed emoji. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's not weird to y'all. They were like, no, he probably was just checking you out. But I'm telling the truth when I say this man looked directly at me with an evil expression and didn't blink for 15 minutes. Wow. Sounds like an observer, even more so than the other ones, because he literally said he's just there to observe. (laughs) Yep. And it's it's really weird, even if it's not a man in black. That dude was a fucking weirdo. True, true. And then there was one other story I found on Reddit underneath the same thread. It's really short. But also, I don't know, it gave me like a quick chill when I read it. Cool. It was posted by 
Sugar Smacks 420. (laughs) And they say, quote, my mom told me when she was pregnant for me back in the 70s that she saw a man dressed in a black suit and hat lurking around her house. And when she confronted him, he only said, you shouldn't be able to see me. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Is that not fucking weird? What if you saw somebody (laughs) creeping around and you were like, hello, and they're like, you're not supposed to see me. I feel like I have had this encounter before just going up to Portland and like (laughs) just people on the street. (laughs) All right, well, let me finish their story. They say, as for me personally, the only thing I have witnessed even close was three black helicopters that flew information over my house and then turned around and came back up the path they had just flown. It was about two weeks after a major experience. End quote. Okay. So there you have it. The men in black in a few stories. And I didn't even bother saying anything about the movie because we all know about the men in black it's where we got our weird shadow meter mm-hmm. it, it is <laughs> so what do you think about the men in black i think they're fabulous oh the the real ones um oh yeah the real ones <laughs> i wouldn't doubt that the government would have some sort of secret service for aliens absolutely not yeah. I 100% am with you on that. I don't believe they have to be bald with no eyebrows. Yeah, I don't think they're like freaky looking. No, I think it's just people. Normal humans. In, probably not even in suits. They're probably just in normal outfits because they would stand out less. <laughs> I don't know. I think back in the 20s to like up through the 50s and 60s, maybe they would be wearing black yeah. suits. But then everything but nowadays... started getting more casual. You don't. Yeah. Speaking of, I saw this, like, superbly dapper old man get off a bus on my way home today. (laughs) He got off the bus and he had this long mustache. He didn't have it curled, but it was, like, coming straight out. And then he had this little pointy, like, beard, like you... Like a goatee? Kind of, but like four inches off his face. It looks like, you know, like colonels have in. Yeah, kind of. I was going for the the Civil War, you know, the Confederates. I feel like Mm -hmm. they always had pointy shit coming off their face. But took you fried chicken. Yeah. But uh, and then he had a suit, but the pants looked way too big. Actually, it all kind of looked way too big for him. But it was just. He had a little bow tie and it was all buttoned up and a blue jacket with some little buttons on it. And it was just so funny. <laughs> he was just like waddling down the street. Hey, he was he was being original. Yeah, he was. I mean, that is found here a lot. So, <laughs> yes. <laughs> but as for the men in black, I don't think they're wandering around in suits. I don't no, think and I don't think they're aliens. I mean, they might be. See, I feel like if they were aliens, they would be like, like you said, like Indrid Cold. Yeah. I feel like somehow they'd be related to Indrid Cold. Maybe they're just human-shaped aliens. Maybe. 
And they like to dress nice. Yeah. Maybe and they wear like a... skin suits. Ooh. Yeah. You know, that used to freak me the hell out when I would watch that movie when I was a kid. That was always like the scariest part to me was the beginning when Edgar's putting on like. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the way his skin like that actor, dude. He did so freaking phenomenal. good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I so, love like, him. He he looks like an alien inside of his body. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was just so insane. Awkward. Yeah. But. I also don't think the men in black could show up, like, especially in that day and age, like, immediately after you said something. No. Communication wasn't that good. No, like, the next day? Yeah, right. Yeah. And, like, traveling wasn't that fast. Mm Mm-mm. No. Definitely not. So, what would you put it on the weird Chateau-Mitar? Well, the bald people with the no eyebrows and no ears and pointy chins and all that stuff. And the oh. plastic skin. And plastic skin and bright Ugh. red lips. Yeah. Um, mm. Maybe about a six. Just because their descriptions are so weird. But I don't. You read my mind. I just don't think that it's an implausible thing just the way that it's being described it is yes 100 that is actually my rating you stole it from me so you're welcome and for the same reasons but i (laughs) highly doubt i don't know i just i feel like they're human but if they aren't and they look like that yeah that's weird they're probably all pugs (laughs) well i mean then they're not so scary oh little munchie was a man in black Snuggling with his pillow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, you guys let us know your thoughts, your encounters with the men in black, if you've had any. And, you know, we always want to hear anything else that's creepy and weird that you want to say. That'd be great. Yeah. We hope that you enjoyed our bonus episode of a listener story and we hope that it encourages you to also write us heck yeah and you can write us at this is legend at gmail.com and we also have a lovely form on our lovely website this is legendpod.com and then we have our social medias at instagram facebook tiktok this is legend pod for all of those Keep it spooky, classy, and sassy. But most of all, keep it legendary. Bye. Peace out.